What's up, everybody? Today we got a, a little different episode. We're remote, so my boy's in. Where are you at? Where are you tell the listeners where you're at? H-Town. I'm in Houston, man. I'm close to Austin. You're close to Austin, Texas. Let's go. Kota, Kota. So obviously the big news that dropped was we are live in Vegas next year, man. It's an exciting time. How are you feeling? I feel amazing. It's crazy because I'm here in Texas. Obviously, the Austin Grand Prix is crazy. It's wild. We saw the fans show out last year. Um, we got Miami coming up in May. And now we add Vegas. That's crazy. And bro, to think that they're going to be going down the Vegas Strip at over 200 miles an hour is just wild. So hot topic. I don't like that. I would have rather been in the desert and it'd be like a real race, but we got another street race. It's another street circuit. Here's yeah, the thing, it's though. Be challenging. The street circuit does look like there's a lot of places to overtake because there's long straights and they have that chicane, which is really nice. That looks like you'll have some good overtake. So I may end up eating my words, but... You know, I'm a big fan of like Monza and Silverstone because they're just pure racing tracks, right? So, but it's another street circuit. I wonder, why do you think F1's doing so many street circuits lately? Everything's pretty much been a street circuit. Well, I think that obviously to build a, you know, a circuit, an actual F1 circuit that's not related to street probably takes more time, more money to spend. Who knows? I don't know. Um, But at the same time, maybe this is part of their strategic um growth strategy but let's talk about money how much money is a strip losing when you have to close it down for formula one who knows i mean you got to think about this right like um there's going to be detours the strip has the strip has done things like this before so it's not like it's new it's not like it's new for vegas because you got to remember most people aren't driving on the strip the Mm -hmm. strip is solely for taxis how mad are the taxi drivers going to be bro it's going to be like from a logistics standpoint, it's just going to mean some people are going to have to walk to their hotels from their drop off. But once you're on the strip, all the sidewalks are going to be open like normal. So can we guarantee our listeners that we'll be in Vegas in 2023? Yo, I'll tell you right now, we're going to be in Vegas because I'm not trying to watch the race at 2 a.m. Yeah. So let, let's talk about that. <laughs> it is a Saturday start, which is pretty new for, I think, any new listener. First we're time since sa- 1982, bro. It's- before I was born, before you were born. So Saturday, 10 PST. But like, could you ask for anything else? It is showtime in Vegas at 10 PM on Saturday. It is like, there's no other time. Like Stefano Domenicali, whatever his name is, he summed it up perfectly. It is the perfect time to start the race. You get obviously the late night on the West Coast. Obviously, it'll be 1 AM start for people on the East. But then you get everyone in Europe in the morning. So it's the only, really, I think the only time that makes sense globally. Yeah. I don't think it makes sense for like some of the East. Actually, no, it's 6 a.m. for them, right? Yeah, it's 6 a.m. because they're five hours ahead of Eastern time. So it, it, it is a little bit of early start. Like when we're it's on early, the Western yeah. side of the world, we get starts at 9, 8 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Eastern, which isn't that bad. But 6 a.m. is a little early, bro. I don't care who you are. It's a little early. Yo, it's, it's, it's going to be... And I mean, honestly... You lose the east side because in the U.S., if you're in New York or anywhere on the eastern seaboard, I mean, 1 a.m. is late, bro. 1 a.m. is late. How are you feeling about the actual track, though? Let's talk about the track. Are you, are you actually excited for the track? Do you think it'll be a high race track or do you think it'll be a lot like kind of a snooze fest? I guess Jadal wasn't even a snooze fest this year because they oh, widened No, Jadal was fun. Yeah. Honestly, I think when you look at street circuits, and I mean, to some extent, Miami is all, almost a street circuit as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they're pretty much like that. 
Did they talk about how wide Vegas is going to be? Because I haven't looked I, into it too much. I don't think the details are there just yet. But the other thing is you've got over a year because it's going to be November 2023. Mm-hmm. And you have all of the data from Jeddah. And you just learn from that. Like Jeddah is going to make more changes as well. So you take all of that and you be as proactive as possible in making sure that it works. So my thing behind that, though, is like they're not going to make too many changes to the, the strip, bro. Like they can't widen the roads. Like Jeddah, they're willing to widen the roads, right? But I will say it's cool where their pit is because uh, I think it was Jessica McFadden, whatever her last name is. She posted on where the pit lane would be. And the pit, like it looks like a sick track because you got that like too long sh- Three long straights, I think, right? I think you'll have... Bro, it's I don't be even sick. think it's fair. And if you have more than one DRS zone, I don't think it's going to be fair, bro. There's so many long straights. Whoever is in charge logistically of creating this, it's going to be a massive job. Yeah, it's Vegas too. Like, it's prime time. At least it's cold in Vegas at that time. Like, relatively um, speaking. It's going to be like 20 I degrees. Mean, no, bro. November thing. Yeah, I guess you're right. 20. It'll be it'll be low 20s. And can you imagine in the middle of July in Vegas, the tire degradation would be disgusting. <laughs> bro, you would have instant grip on the soft, but they'd be melted by the end of lap one. <laughs> yeah, it'd be disgusting. So I'm glad they picked the end of the year. But like when you think about it, the strategic placing of putting it at the end of the year, they may start ending out races in Vegas instead of Abu Dhabi. You got to think of like, I think when you look at the schedule now, Vegas and Coda will probably be right next to each other, like back to back. No, because Coda's in um, October, like October, late October, mid October. Yeah, so they'll probably sh- they'll probably shift it to go, you know, Coda or Vegas, Coda, and then I hope they Mexico. don't. Though. I I well, I can't say I hope they don't because Coda is what it's what third or fourth last race. I want Vegas to be where the lights are the brightest, the final race instead of Abu Dhabi, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not going to happen, though. I think Abu Dhabi's probably paid for rights for a certain amount of years to be the last race. It'll happen eventually. I promise you. Eventually, Vegas will be the end of the race. So what do you think? I mean, this is now the USA, Liberty Media. Obviously, there was a quote there from the CEO of Liberty Media. Like, this is a, this is a double-down strategy of building out in the US, bro. Um, so I'm kind of split on this take, right? I think it's great for what's doing in the US. But I think they're forcing a little too much. Um, I don't think like you're going to get hardcore fans like this. I think it's obviously people are going to go because it's F1 in Vegas, right? If that makes sense. It's F1 in Miami, right? But hold on. Let me think about this. Las Vegas doesn't have residents who that can fuel the F1 race. It's a global city of tourism. hundred percent. You're going to have, you're going to have international people that like F1. That's the whole purpose. Is yes. It's now also an excuse if you're in Australia, if you're in Asia, if you're in, the, in Europe, you can have an American vacation to Vegas and watch an F1 race. And we all know that people on the other side of the world, based through our experiences through Australia, an excuse to go to Vegas is like, a, you know, it's a dream. So I agree with you there, right? That's my whole point is that like when you think of all the other tracks where F1's so legendary and where there's huge fans like Spa, Silverstone, like these are just places that breed F1. I, I think it's great for overall the look of the sport, but I don't know if it really grows your American viewers that much. Like it does, but I feel if you threw it in like Indy or all these places where, where, where NASCAR is heavily and you invest in it over time, I think you might get more of a solid fan base over time. But 
I don't know. I don't. I feel, it feels a little forced because we just got Miami. And now we're getting Las Vegas. I thought we'd have to wait another two years. But like, on the flip side, bro, like you're from Africa. You're from Zimbabwe. Where's Africa's race? I'd rather see a race in Africa before I saw this Las Vegas race. If I'm being completely honest with you, like I think they need a South African race. Like that. That that's just gonna be dope. That well, the last time, the last time there was a Saturday race in 1982, it was the South African Grand Prix. So, well, you know, that's just that's just the irony of it. But they got to go back to South Africa, man. Like the South African Grand Prix is was there. You got to bring it back. I think the continent of Africa, um, it it I can see it happening within the next five years. Hopefully, it doesn't take five years. But we need F1 in all continents. So, how do you um, feel about that? Like, are, are you kind of on the stance we should have been in after before Las Vegas? Or no, you're, you're kind of because it's it? got to make sense from a business standpoint. Are there, you know, you also need organizers, man. What organizer wants to undertake a billion dollar commitment over 10 years That's very or true. five years? And so, know you know, you got to make sure the funding's there. And you know, Vegas has the money. Exactly. But the other thing to build on, on your point is um, the only American Grand Prix is Cota because Miami and Vegas are international markets. Yeah, so that's why it's like you see like Cota has like a legit following, right? Like those Austin It's an American love, Grand Prix. Yeah, they love Formula One. This Miami and Vegas feel a lot more like a showcase more than they feel like a homegrown race. Because like when you think of a Monza, when you think about Silverstone, like you think of these iconic places and they're known for specifically Formula One. Just like Indy's known for the NASCAR Indy, right? So I was hoping they'd take a little bit more of a nat- natural organic growth. But the thing is, I don't think we get any other courses in the U.S. Because you have three already. You can't see them throwing one in another place anymore, right? Because it's stuck like that. Like, they're not going to do four U.S. races a year. There's no way. It also takes away from the potential of this Toronto Grand Prix as well. Because yeah. I don't think Canada... Then you've got five races in North America. Yeah, so, so give, to give context too, like when we go back to that, how big is Montreal, uh, the, the F1 scene in Montreal, right? So that's kind of where it's I'm massive. coming from. And I, w- I was hoping it was more like that. Like maybe you hit a city like Los Angeles. Like Los Angeles, yes, it has a big market, but it's not like a showtime destination like that, right? Yeah, so South you- Beach and Vegas are destination cities. And yeah, for you sure. know, the other thing that, I, that you underestimate, or I think, it's F1 and Liberty may underestimate is when you look at the current F1, you know, schedule, these tracks have F1 history. You're now trying to build F1 history in new circuits. Like it can take 10 years to build that reputation. And that's where I think it's tough because you can't just pop up new circuits. There's got to be history that is formed and that takes time. That's like a brand time. new brand. 100%. It's a new brand. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, on the flip side, though, it's a mar- genius marketing play. You know, they're not going to go without money in the Vegas circuit. Think about, like, just think about the overall economics. And I know you love the economics of F1. So think about, like, how much money everybody else makes. Like, how much is it going to cost to be on the strip? Where are you going to be on the strip? It's going to be iconic, right? Like, it, like even hotels. Like, how t- hotel placement is going to be big. Like, where is your hotel compared to the strip during that weekend? So it's, it's definitely, I would say... Very smart move by F1. Can't say I was the biggest fan of everything, but I understand why they picked Vegas and why they picked it so soon. Yeah, and I think that um, as soon as we know the exact dates, we're booking the hotels now because otherwise it's going to be insane, bro. Yeah, it's going to be insane. Um, let's get uh, So anything else you want to kind of touch on the Vegas circuit? I think we kind of hit everything we need to talk about, right? Listen, Saturday night, 10 p.m. race, Las Vegas. 
Um, it sounds it sounds like a perfect scenario. It's gonna be great. I can't wait for it. I'm just excited that we have another circuit. I mean, we just lost Sochi, so I think this this might just be replacing the Sochi circuit for the next 15, maybe ten years. Maybe right? so is what it is. Um, let's get into a hot topic. Well, I, well for us. Obviously, a lot's come out with Mercedes. We could talk about Lewis, obviously, coming out about mental health in terms of not coming out because Lewis has always been a big advocate. There's been a lot more about Mercedes' performance. How are you kind of feeling after what it's been four days as a Mercedes fan? How are you kind of feeling after everything? I, I actually feel better than I did last week. Oh, did you? How come? Because we're not rushing into another Grand Prix this weekend. It makes me feel better about the entire situation. And I also think that, you know, everyone from George to Lewis to the team, they know what the problem is. And they're at the factory. If you look, Lewis is at the factory right now. So they're all grinding. Yes, they are. So my whole thing was that some people don't think it won't, they won't figure it out this year. And I oh, don't they're going to figure it out. So, so you're under the belief they figured it out this year. That's what I was more um, kind of addressing. Like some people generally think that they may not figure it out this year. So I was wondering kind of what, what your thoughts were on that. Like, are you kind I mean, of, are you so do you really think, do you really think they're not going to figure it out? I don't, but the reality of it is figuring it out is one thing, right? Getting it done this year is a whole different thing, right? So Agreed. I'm kind of on the, on the grid where it's like, I hope they do, but anything's possible. Mercedes also understands that they have a clock that's ticking with Lewis. And I believe that they want to get Lewis's eighth. I do too. I, I couldn't see them not trying to get Lewis's eighth. If they didn't, I'd be shocked. Um, I always think, I still think Mercedes is the best overall constructor. I think they've started off slow. Maybe Ferrari changes their mind, but overall, like, I'm not mad and I don't expect them to do any lesser mm -hmm. work. Like, I, I, I expect them to figure it out, but, you know, some people don't think they will. So I want to hear your opinion on that. So, yeah, I'm thinking once we get to Melbourne in a, in a week and change now, Australian Grand Prix is going to be incredible. Mercedes is going to be... I, they may not be uh, at the top, but I think we'll see a drastic difference in pace. So do you think they'll be like three-tenths off instead of like... That's what I was saying. Like instead of, instead of a whole half second off, I think they're going to cut it to two to three-tenths. Okay. I think that's fair. I hope they do because, you know, Mercedes is iconic and I... I kind of... This, this, this might not be like what everybody likes, but... The two, two contender team thing is kind of boring. I can't wait to see a third. Like when Mercedes gets up there with them, it'd be a lot more fun. Yeah, we I need just hate three. Watching only Red Bull or Ferrari, Mercedes or three. Red Bull. Like it'd be a lot better if three teams could win. Three teams shows so many variables, and it just makes the championship battle so much more alive as opposed to just two teams and it's really just one team. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean. I think overall, I'm still optimistic about Mercedes. Some people aren't. It seems that you're still good, which is good. Um, we'll get to the next thing that kind of we've kind of talked about for the last year. Marco Helmet has gone on record saying that Mr. Gasly will not continue at, to be a Red Bull driver if they can't offer him a senior seat. You think that happens next year? I think this is Pierre Gasly's last year with Red Bull as an entire team. So if you're, you're, you're predicting they stick with Checo rather than promote Pierre, is that kind of where you're at? Or you, you yeah. just don't think he wants to stay at Red Bull? I think it's a combination of many things. Pierre does not want to be there. He also doesn't want to be second to Max. 
And um, yeah, we're going to see him go elsewhere. Okay, so we're, 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 what are his possible top three landing spots? Top, top three? Um, I think there's an, a scenario where we see him at Alfa Romeo. I see a scenario potentially with Aston Martin. Ooh, okay. And the last one I'll throw in there is potentially, um, potentially Alpine. So I'm with you on two out of three. I think Alpine makes a lot of sense. Um, Alonzo retires. You pick up Pierre Gasly. He left off where Alonzo is. I agree with you, Aston Martin, but the fact is, why the hell would he join Aston Martin? They suck. Yeah, but I, I think uh, he's not going to Ferrari or Mercedes. Red Bull's hey. out of the equation. So. so before I say that, is it possible it's Mercedes if Lewis retires? If Lewis does retire, I'm saying. Impossible. Impossible. Is that because you don't think Lewis is retiring or because you don't think they pick him up even if Lewis retires? I don't think Toto Wolf is taking Pierre Gassi. I just don't think Pierre Gassi is a championship driver. Okay, that's fair. Um, I mean, did you, do you think he thought Valtteri Bottas was the championship driver? Nah, I think that he thought Valtteri could squeeze out one, but obviously as the years went on, he realized that wasn't the case. So do you think Valtteri can't, I mean, Pierre can't squeeze out one? Do you generally believe that? I don't think he has it in him, man. Okay, that's fair. It's an opinion-based thing. Is there potential for him to go to McLaren? Is that the one we're missing? Because Danny Rick's contract is you know up what? Year, I'm pretty sure. You know what? I could see him go to McLaren. Lando number one, Pierre number two. I, you know, I don't think McLaren would run a number one, number two. I think it'd be like Ferrari. I think it's like, I think it's like they have potential of being what Charles and Sainz are in maybe two years. Where they could potentially be the championship team. Because I think Lando's just as good as a lot of these drivers on the market. And I think Pierre has Carlos Sainz kind of in him. I think Carlos Sainz is hit right. What we see from Carlos Sainz is what Pierre's max could be like. I think I think the max he could squeeze out is one. Like I think it's there's potential for him to squeeze out one in a good car. It also depends on what Pierre wants. Like, does he want to be a number one driver in a shitty team, but he's the man, or does he want to go compete for a constructors championship? Bro, who would ever want to be on a shitty team, bro? <laughs> well, if he goes to Alfa Romeo or Alpine, I mean, they're not shitty, but they're not going to win a championship. No, they won't. But McLaren, like, I don't know if McLaren, I'm not ready to say McLaren will win a championship, but, you know, McLaren says they're going to get their wind tunnel, all the stuff, they, all the good stuff they're saying, right? Regardless if it's right or wrong. So I don't know. I'd much rather join. I'd much rather join McLaren than I would be a top driver. I don't know about you, but that's my opinion. I'd rather be the number two on McLaren than be the number one on Alfa Romeo. And I think Alfa Romeo is going to go downhill once everybody else catches up. I think they're ahead of the curve. I think they'll still be like a seven or eight team. While McLaren, will, once they catch up, they'll be three, four eventually. Yeah. I, so that's where if you're Pierre, if there's an opportunity to go to McLaren, that's the number one option for you. Yeah. So you, you, but you're saying 0% chance Total picks him up, even if Lewis retires. Zero. Absolute zero. So who does, who does Total pick up if Lewis retires this year? I know you're big on Nick DeVries, but realistically, who Dude, does he pick up? But, but hold on. Like, you know I've stayed strong on this. Like, Mercedes will double down and stay young. Maybe not with Nick DeVries, but they'll stay young. 
No, but that's what I'm saying. Who they pick up? They pick up the young French driver. They pick up Oscar Piastri. Like, who are who are you picking Dude, for them? To be honest, I think it's that seat's wide open. It could be Oscar. It could be Nick. It could be um, you know, that young French talent. Um, ultimately, you got to think another year. George is going to be in a position where he is kind of like the leader or the veteran, even though he's still so young. I think I think that they'd be comfortable Pierre being their number two and George being their number one. Like that, that's kind of what I, where my where I, my head's. It at. depends. It also depends. I think on how well George matures and grows into the seat with Mercedes. If he can be dominant, then I'd be okay with Pierre coming in. Um, but if George doesn't take another huge leap, I don't know if I want Pierre because you need to have you need to have at least one driver who is a championship driver. So what does that season look like to you this year then? What do you mean? Where? What does he have to show you this year for him to be like, okay, I'm comfortable with him being my clear number one driver? What do you have to see? George needs George needs race wins. And he doesn't need a lot of them, but I think he needs at least at least three or four race wins. Barring they have a competitive car, obviously, right? Of course. Yeah. So if he can get three or four race wins. Then, then, I mean, he's showing it. And you know how competitive it is. You're fighting with Carlos, Charles, Max, Lewis. That's tough. So, so, but you would be comfortable if he gets three or four race wins as a Mercedes fan. That would yeah. make you happy. What do you, th- what do you think about that? Okay. No, I, I agree with it. I don't think three or four race wins are realistic because they're going to get what? They won't figure the car out at least for five to till five or six. Race five or six, well, at least. You just don't know. So, you don't know. We, we'll see what Australia looks like, bro. So, so that's my opinion. I don't think they figured out till Monaco, at least till Monaco or after that. So then you have, what, tw- 17 races left. Let's call it 17 or 16 races left. For him to win 33% of those races with Lewis Hamilton as his teammate, Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, and everything that happens, I think it's a little unrealistic. I think it's fair what you're expecting. I think I just want to see him compete with Lewis and give Lewis a run for his money every single race. That, for me, would show that he's on the level of a championship-level driver. Because if you can give Lewis Hamilton a run for his money in the same equipment, then it shows that you obviously are an animal in a car, right? So yeah, but that's kind of what I'm judging si- it off. If there's 16 races left, three races is not... That, that's not 33%, man. No, no, I, no. Well, you said three or four. Sorry, it's 25. It's 25. My apologies. You're, you're right. Yeah, like, but, but, but here's my thing. Lewis is going to win some. Charles and Max are going to take some. It's like... Yeah, there's going to be occasional flukes where, where he DNFs. Like, the realistic, the, for me, just being realistic, I, I'm not looking at results if that, to kind of rephrase what I'm saying. I'm looking at how he actually drives the eye test. If he can but, compete with Lewis every single week, then I'm happy with that. But you know that championship drivers find a way, right? Like, we're not asking, the eye test is great. And obviously, looking at how he does with his teammate are huge, but he's got to get, you know what? I think three is, is a good number. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I'm not mad at it. I'm just saying I'm not looking at it from that. I think, I think what you're asking from him is very fair. Like you're, you're basically saying, like, I expect you to win because you're a championship driver. You got to show us your championship driver. Yeah. And I'm just saying. I'm not, it's you, not like. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm not writing off George if he doesn't win three. The question was, what does that leap need to be if he is a. Mercedes future championship driver. That's what I need to see. And it, and it, of course, and yo, he's going to take great strides regardless. But then it's exactly. So that was my point. No, that's very fair. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think you're wrong at any point. I'm just saying, 
I think it's he wins maximum two this year, like one or two. Just because you're... you're t- and you know what? I, I can't see him stealing anything from Lewis. Like, in what world do you see him being Lewis? With- well, we'll see. I mean, I think... I think, two, listen, I said three or four. You said one or two. We're so close there. The needle's like we're right not there, that right? Close, two because th- we're not that close. It took Checo 200 races to win one. We're not that close, Yeah, bro. But, but we're not comparing George Russell to Checo. Checo and George Russell are completely different. Um, and also, the other thing is that I just want to say, Lewis has got a lot of work to do. We obviously know that the, there's the issues with the car. But, you know, mentally, even with him coming out you know, today and saying that something that he struggles with, does he have the desire inside of him to continue to push every day? Because what it seems is maybe he is struggling to find that, that desire. Uh, I don't, I don't know, man. He's been talking that he's going to come out get like guns blazing. So I don't think that, I think he's just talking about like he's mental health has been something he's dealt with. And I think everybody deals with it, right? Maybe to different levels, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I think Lewis is. I think Lewis. I just, I just put it out here. The reason why I'm putting low expectations on George because when if Lewis is on his A game and he has a championship car, I can't see George being better than Lewis. I, I'm not discrediting George here. I'm try, I'm just saying that's how much I think the gap between him and Lewis is as of this moment. Like when Lewis is on form, not even Max Verstappen can touch him. Agreed. Right. So Agreed. I think and Max you know is a level over George. Right? I, wanna, I think I wanna, George can close the gap, but yeah, go ahead. I want to just say this because, and maybe it's also part of why Lewis is talking, like the internet is obviously a very toxic, toxic place at times. And, um, you know, Lewis said that, you know, the car is struggling, it needs more pace. And literally, I've, I've just been looking from Twitter to comments on Instagram. Everyone's like, oh, well, I guess he's such a great driver. All those championships were because he's a great driver. And everyone's just hating on like, oh, you just had the best car. And it's tough because, you know, you, you can't ignore that noise. Everyone is quick to jump on this bandwagon now and say the only reason Lewis won championships was the car because if he was such a great driver, he'd be winning now. But you don't understand that it takes two to tango. You need a great car and you need a great driver. Yeah, for sure. Like. I've been on record saying Lewis has had the best car, but he's always pretty much destroyed his teammate. Like Nico won one year, but Nico talks about how much it took out of him. So it's like, I don't want to hear the nonsense about Nico Hulk, uh, sorry, Nico Rosberg. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the only thing that I knock Lewis on, and well, not knock, but I elevate Schumacher because he won and not the best equipment, right? That's, yeah. why, that's why Schumacher gets a nod over me over Lewis as of right now. But I'm not knocking Lewis for what he's done. The guy had the best car, and he's the best driver. What do you expect? Facts. He's and he, they. He, he could be Valtteri Bottas because Valtteri Bottas had the same equipment, right? In his years, his teammate only beat him one in, in what nine years, eight years. So exactly. the best car, he only lost. He's won 80 percent of the time, eighty-five, whatever the percentage is. So it's like he's still the best driver, and people and like even like Danny Rick and all these guys talk about having a competitive car. Well, Danny Rick can't even beat Lando Norris. Pierre Gasly sometimes loses to Yuki Sonoda. I don't really see Lewis Hamilton lose to Valtteri Bottas other than when his car DNFs or he has an issue with it. But on race day, typically Lewis doesn't lose if he doesn't have any issues with Valtteri. I still see Pierre lose to, to, to Yuki in races sometimes. I see Danny lose to Lando all the time. So I don't know, bro. I think it's just nonsense, bro. We got to kind of like 
people got to set their expectations, right? Like Lewis is a great driver with a great car, but they, they go hand in hand. It's not just one way. Yeah. And I mean, obviously Lewis won one with McLaren. I know McLaren had a great car that year, but it's irrespective. Look what they've done with Mercedes, not just Lewis, but as an entire constructor. Yeah, they've done really well. So and I don't want to hear the chatter about how Lewis is thing. He's still, other than like, we only have two weeks to judge, but he looked like he was a class ahead of George on the first weekend. And obviously he had a bad week, a bad qualifying, but Lewis looked like he drove really great in that same setup that he did um, in Jeddah. So I don't want to hear it. He passed so many cars. He looked like he was a good driver. We just know he doesn't have the equipment. He's never looked like he doesn't have driving instinct. He knows how to manage his tires. Like, what about the eye test or what do you actually see that makes you think Lewis Hamilton's a bad driver? That's the question I want to ask everybody. What have you seen from Lewis? He makes some mistakes last year, sure. But what have, what have we actually seen that he can't fight or do overtakes? Like, I don't get it. But we can leave it at that. Agreed. <laughs> we can leave it at that. Agreed. Yeah. And so we've got, you know, just over, I guess a week from today, we'll be getting ready for practice in Australia. How hype are you for this? I'm excited for Australia's new track. I'm not that hyped for the race yet because, um, you know, I don't, I don't get hyped until we get to the race weekend. But I'm excited to see how fast Australia's track is when they move. I think it was two chicanes they moved, at least one chicane. So it should be a lot faster. And that circuit was pretty fast to begin with. They got some Agreed. long straights. So it's going to be an exciting time for Australia. But it's and also, it, you know, Australia is an iconic track. And, that's and we what haven't we been there for about. two years. Yeah. And we talked about this right off the jump. It's like, yeah, going to new tracks like Vegas and Miami. <clears throat> they're great because yeah, there's a excitement and all the rest of it, but there's something to be said about tracks that have history and the Australian Grand Prix has a legacy. Um, it's legendary. And the fact that we haven't been able to go there in the last few years because of the pandemic sucks. So going back to Australia, not only am I looking forward to a great race, but just looking forward to F1 being back in Australia and the fans on that side of the world, just being able to enjoy the sport again. And you know Australia fans show out. So bro, it's going to be good. They show out. And that's why the pressure's on Danny Rick, bro. Danny Rick, if, you come in, if you're not getting to Q2 and qualifying, man, you got serious problems. Well, remember, one of us have to wear a honey badger on our shirts. If, if he Danny doesn't Rick. score a point, it's me. If he scores a point, you got to wear a honey badger face on your shirt, bro. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Anything else we got to talk to the fans about? Anything else Listen, we got to go that. I think that's it. Obviously, I'm out here in Houston, H-Town. I'll be back uh, in office soon. But yeah, F1, exciting. I love the fact that there's so much um, buzz and news going on, even when we're not during a race day or race weekend. This Vegas news is highly encouraging, and we continue to see the sport grow. So let's get it. Yes, sir. So we'll see you guys on Monday or, or Tuesday. We'll see you guys early next week for our race preview. Oh, no, we'll probably do a Drive to Survive episode. Yeah, we'll see you guys for a Drive to Survive episode. Um, shout out to Bet99. I keep saying it. Match up to $600, 100% of that. So you want to put 50, 20, whatever you want to put in, up to 600, it'll match 100%. The link will be in our description and bio. Make sure you guys go tap into Bet99. And obviously, gamble responsibly. Other than that, we're out. We out. And again, just last, last thing. We said it on the last episode. Uh, today's March 31st. This will drop either sometime today or April 1st, but it's a record month. So thanks to every single one of you for tapping into Lifting Coast. Thank you guys. We'll see you guys on Monday or Tuesday. Peace. <laughs>